Would you take your Bibles this morning and turn with me to 1 Kings 19? 1 Kings 19. I want to give you the message in the mantle today. The message in the mantle. I'm going to give you a homonym. A homonym. It's not a word we hear often. It's a, it's a, a literary term, homonym. It represents words that sound alike but have different meanings. The word mantle, M-A-N-T-L-E, not to be confused with mantle, M-A-N-T-E-L. The one with E-L on the end, that's the wood piece that goes over your fireplace. That's where you put your candles or your pictures or your decorations for the seasons. We want to look at mantle, M-A-N-T-L-E. The mantle to which I refer is described as a loose, sleeveless cloak. Uh, Mike is going to help me this morning. Mike, bring that up if you would, please. I just happen to have a mantle here today. It's not real fancy. This is from Israel. I brought this back a few years ago. I've been there several times. Love going there, taking people with me. We go every February to get out of the winter in Canada. But uh, it's a sheepskin. That's all it is. And I fashioned it so that it's together, so it stays on. But uh, this is a mantle. And I've got to tell you, this is an amazing thing. I, I never really uh, tried it until just last week, but I'm going to show you some of the applications uh, of this mantle. And I want to tell you that uh, what I'm going to tell you is absolutely true. I've tested it. It's tried, tested, and true. And so we're going to look at the mantle this morning. And Mike is going to help me this morning. You can go ahead and be seated for just a, a moment, uh, Mike. He's going to help me later on here. But this is a mantle. Now, in the Old Testament, it's called a mantle. In the New Testament, it's called a cloak. All right. So this side, you're going to represent the Old Testament for me today, and we'll split the center right, the center section in half here. That's right. You can go either way, sir. Either way you want to go, you can be a leftist or you can be on the right side. Whatever you want to do. All right. You get to choose today. So uh, this half and this section, you're going to say mantle. Would you say that mantle? All right. I'm going to refer to it several times, and when I say in the Old Testament it's called up, you say you're going to say it better than that though, because this side's going to tear it up with the New Testament term, cloak. Would you say that for me? Cloak. See how good they did there? And all is one unison voice. That was quite incredible. Thank you. And the Old Testament was called a... All the challenges on. By the way, was there a football game here yesterday? Tennessee, way to go. Excellent job. Excellent. Excellent. Good job. That was a close game. Man, I'm glad I'm not from Alabama. Uh... Really, who would want to be from Alabama? Uh, do we have anybody Alabamians here? Do we have any Alabamians? Do we? Exactly. There's my point right there. Who wants to be associated with craziness? And then we have some dear friends that are here from Brother Dan Wolven. I do a podcast with Dan Wolven. Tim Talk, you've heard of it. Uh, they're from Dan Wolven's Church in Columbus and here today. So good to have them. But you're from Alabama. You now, okay. So they were Buckeyes, and now you're rolling with the tide. All right. Today, you're Tennessee. All right. Here's the only thought I had, Pastor. So I saw those kids run on that field and tear down those goalposts. America. Uh, as you, as I saw that, here's the thought I had. Imagine if we could be that excited about Jesus. If we would just tear it up. We are so excited. We get that excited over a football game. If we get that excited about Jesus, wouldn't that be awesome? Man, awesome. So this mantle that I have today, Old Testament, New Testament, very good. Even contests, it'll go back and forth. Someone's going to be a winner in the end. 
If you do win, please do not tear the church apart. All right, thank you. Appreciate that. A mantle is mentioned 13 times in the Old Testament. 13 times. And its counterpart, the cloak, is mentioned six times in the New Testament. If you say, or you say, you're saying the same thing. You're saying the same thing. Same thing, different meaning. When we think of a mantle, we most often think of Elijah and Elisha. At least I do. It's a famous story. Elijah casts his mantle. Elisha picks up the mantle. We know the story. We're going to get to that in just a few moments. But let me give you some other mentions of the mantle in the Bible to kind of give you an idea of how a mantle was used in the Scriptures. In Judges verse four, or chapter 4, verse 18, it says, And Jael went out to meet Sisera, and she covered him with a mantle. Now, you know Sisera was of the Canaanites. He was the enemy of Israel. He's kind of running for his life. He comes to this Jewish girl's tent and lays down to get some rest. She finds him, and he says, Hey, bring me something to drink and bring me something that I might sleep. And so she gets him some warm milk, probably goat milk. And, and I love milk. I, I, this body was built with milk. Um, I was drinking at one time a gallon of milk about every two days. I love milk. And I love, as you say here in the States, red cap milk. I love the whole homogenized everything. You put all the fat, put all the sugar, put everything in there and build a beautiful body like this. And so I love it. I've had to cut back because it was just consuming me. So I've cut back a little bit. But she brings some milk. And I understand I'd, I've never tried this because I don't like warm milk. I like cold milk. I like it really cold. Hot day, nothing better. Come in from cutting the grass. You're sweating outside. Come in and get a big old glass of milk. Oh, man, so good. And a lot of people think, nah, 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 you want water. No, here in the South, you want sweet tea. We don't have sweet tea in Canada. We don't have it. We have sweet tea comes in a can in Canada. No, it's got to be from the porch. It's got to be from grandma. It's got to be from like four cups of sugar brewed in the sun. That's what you got to have. I've, I've come to appreciate it. This body is now built on sweet tea. <laughs> and so he says, give me something to drink. She brings him warm milk and she brings him a mantle. She brings him a sheepskin and she lays it over him. Now, I was just, just down in Georgia. We were staying in a place and I have taken up the fine habit of snoring my wife hates me this morning, by the way. Just so you know, I, I snored last night. Snoring. And so I said, I'm going to go out. I'm going to sleep on the couch uh, because I was snoring so bad. And so I got out there, and there's this little tiny blanket. And I just happened to bring this in from the car. And, and I thought, well, I'll try this out. And I put it over myself. I'm telling you what, brother, this thing works. I, I was toasty, warm. It was so comfortable and soft. It was great. And so she brings it out. She lays it over him, and he falls asleep. And she takes a tent stake. And she puts it on his temple and she takes a mallet and she drives it through his head. And I thought, that must be a Tennessee girl right there. That's got to be. They're tough. They're tough. And I love what the Bible says. And so he died. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> that's what happens. That was a mantle. Put it over and keep him warm. Keep them warm. Here's what else we see, Isaiah 15, 27. Samuel turned about to go away, and behold, and laid hold on the skirt of his mantle, and it rent, it tore. First Samuel uh, 28, 14, the witch of Endor. And he said unto her, what form is he of? And she said, an old man cometh up, and he is covered with a mantle. Now, I, I can't verify this. You can research it if you want. I didn't really find anything. But there seems to be something about 
the mantle of the prophet. I don't know if it was different. I don't know if it came from different sheep. I don't know if it was different coloring. I don't know what it was. But many times when you hear of the prophet in the Old Testament, something about the mantle. So here Samuel comes up and the mantle is seen. And Saul perceived it was Samuel. Ezra chapter 9, verse 3 and 5. And when I heard this thing, I rent my garment and my mantle. Ezra 9, 5. And at evening sacrifice, I rose up from the heaviness, and having rent my garment and my mantle. In Job 1, 20. Then Job arose and rent his mantle. In Job 2, 12. And they rent everyone his mantle. The mantle... The cloak has a huge significance in the life of those in the Bible, so much so that Jesus makes a significant statement about it in the New Testament. It's that significance that makes this a magnificent missions message of trust. Let me show you now the message in the mantle. Look at 1 Kings chapter 19 with me this morning and verse 19. First Kings Nine, nineteen. So he departed thence and found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, who was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen before him. And he with the 12, and Elijah passed by him and cast his, what's that word? Mantle upon him. In the New Testament, it's called a, oh, you missed it. Verse 20, and he left the oxen and ran after Elijah and said, let me, I pray thee, kiss my father and my mother, and then I will follow thee. And he said unto them, go back again, for what have I done to thee? And he returned back from him and took a yoke of oxen and slew them and boiled their flesh with the instruments of the oxen and gave unto the people and they did eat. Then he arose and went after Elijah and ministered unto him. What a great story. I'm going to use Micah this morning. If you'll stand, Micah, come over here if you would, please. Uh, he's plowing with a yoke oxen. Uh, th- those are just uh, kind of like big cows, if you don't know what oxen are. And they had a, a wooden a keeper on them so that they'd pull together. There are 12 sets of those. And this young man, Elisha, is in the back. He's on the 12th one. Now, we know from this that uh, whoever owned this farm, probably his father, because we're told in the story, he goes back and they, they do some things. I'll show you that. Uh, his father, very wealthy man. This kid's raised in a wealthy family, doing well. He's at the back. Uh, the others that were ahead of him were probably his brothers and a servant or two. I don't know. I don't know how large the family was, but uh, quite possibly his uh, brothers. And so they're plowing. How many of you grew up on a farm? Anybody who knew any farming? All right. So you would know if you've been on a farm. You know that in the, in the summer plowing or in the spring plowing and in the harrowing and disking. I grew up on a farm as well. You know that as you do that, if there's not been any rain, it gets really dusty. And the first guy, he, he's probably to the, the very edge of the field on the left, and, and he's uh, plowing that field. And then the next guy is behind him and offset a little bit and offset a little bit and offset a little bit. And they, they've traveled together down that field. As they do, the dust begins to, to boil up. And that dust settles back on the guy who's in the back. The youngest brother, the kid, had to endure all the hardship of being the youngest. Now, I like this about Elisha. Number one, he's working. Young people, he was working. He wasn't at home playing Nintendo. He was working in the fields. He was helping out. He was part of the team. And this young man is plowing, and who comes along but the prophet Elijah. And Elijah comes up to him and does something very significant. We, we don't really uh, see it in our culture, but we are going to see it in, in a few months. We're going to see this happen. That He takes his man and he casts it upon him. Significant. Elijah knew what it meant. Elisha knew what it meant. 
Elijah was a well-known prophet. He was the prophet of Israel. They knew who he was. He was a, a great man. He was a powerful man because of God's hand upon him. He cast the mantle, and this young man says to Elijah, can I just, can I just go home and, and see my mom and dad and kiss them goodbye, and then I'll join you? And Elijah says this, what's that to me? I'm not calling you. God is calling you. God has put his mark on you. God has called you as a man of God. And I've had this question, Pastor, you've had this question. How did you know God called you to be a preacher? How did you know God called you to be a pastor? I I really don't have an answer. I tell people, it's kind of like falling in love. You just know. You just know when God calls you. And so this young man knows that God has called him and says, I'll go and kiss my mom and dad goodbye, and then I'm going to chase after you. He says, "That's that's between you and God. If God gives you okay on that, God's spoken to you now, you know what he's saying. If that's okay with God, then you go do that. He does that, and then he runs and catches Elijah. But he makes a significant act. He takes the oxen, he takes the plow, he takes uh, the, the uh, um, implements, uh, the yoke, and, and he sets them on fire, he cuts up the oxen, he feeds those that are his family and friends, and he leaves. He was all in. He was all, I'm not going back there. My job's done there. I don't have anything to do there. That's done. I am now going to follow the man of God. So he's a good young man, sharp young man. The meaning of the mantle, Elijah casts his mantle, his cape upon him to signify God's call upon Elisha to be the next great prophet in Israel. It was a visible sign. Now catch this. This is important. You're going to hear it a couple times. It's a visible sign of a transference of power. Would you say that with me? A transference of power. The power was going to leave Elijah. It was going to be upon Elisha. Very significant. Very significant. That was and is still a sign used in the inauguration of a king or queen. Now, in Canada, we just lamented the death of Queen Elizabeth, who was my queen since I was a child. Now, the queen in England has no power. Uh, She has no force. Uh, She's just a historical figure. She's a representative. Uh, It's kind of a neat thing. And so uh, when she passed away, it was a little sad. I've got to be honest with you. I grew up as a kid singing God Save the Queen when I was in school. Until I got to be in my, my teen years, and then we, then we started singing, O Canada. Our national anthem has not been the official anthem for as long as you might think. And so I sang God Save the Queen. I used to listen to her Christmas address. I, I thought she was a, a, a great lady. I thought she was a great representative. Her family's a mess. I don't have any time for them at all, but I liked her. With Queen Elizabeth passing, and if you ever saw the pictures of Queen Elizabeth in her inauguration, she wore a purple uh, garment that had a fleece on the inside. A mantle. And when you see in the next few weeks here, you're going to see Charles become the king of England. And they are going to take and they're going to put that mantle on him. And they're going to pronounce that he is the king. So tip your head down there just a little bit. I'm going to put this over you like that. And you're going to wear that. Very good. Your shoulders aren't quite as big as mine, but that's okay. That's all right. That's okay. And you'll see him wear something like that. A transference of power. Queen Elizabeth was was the queen. This isn't a fashion show. (laughs) Thanks, Barbie. Um, No, you're no Ken. (laughs) Oh, I picked the wrong guy. (laughs) You're going to be plowing a little bit longer, son. Transference of power. So Charles will become king, and he will be the reigning monarch of of England and those colonies that they once ruled over. So that significance 
that transference of power. Elijah said, it's coming. It's coming. That was, and still the sign, and notice view, although the mantle of Elijah was not kept by Elisha, yet we see in our second point the merit of the mantle. Look at 2 Kings chapter 2, over just a few pages. Chapter 2 and verse 8. It says, And Elijah took his mantle and wrapped it together and smote the waters, and there were divided hither and thither, so that they too went over on dry ground. So, if I can have that mantle back. He cast the mantle upon him. He says, you've been called of God. When he leaves, he takes the mantle with him because there has not been a full transference of power yet. It's coming. It's signified. We knew that when Queen Elizabeth started to get up into her 90s and started to have some health problems, we knew that the next move would be for Charles to become the king. And I think she was actually trying to outlive him is what she was trying to do. But uh, that's the next step. So here's the sign. This is going to be the prophet. Hey, everybody. Hey, everybody. This is the next prophet, but not yet. Not yet. I- I'm going to take this with me. And there's a reason why he did that. Though signified as a call of God, the call was not yet fully transferred. The second reason is one of those aha Bible study moments. According to Jewish law, a mantle, or as it's called in the New Testament, in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, there you go. This, this garment was a person's most prized possession. A sheepskin? Yeah. Prized possession. This is very interesting to me. It was used as a reflector of the sun, rain, and snow in the day. It was a source of warmth at night. Depending on the weather, if you were out in the hot sun, you would turn it so that the the, the skin side was out, and the white would reflect the sun away. If you're going to be warm at night, you take and put that fur against you. I want to tell you, it's soft, it's comfortable, and it's very, very warm. It, it, It was a source of warmth at night. You get out into the cold Judean desert, and at nighttime, it's kind of like here out in the, in the west. My son just moved to uh, uh, Nevada, and he said, oh, man, it's so nice out here. It's 105 during the day, but it gets down to sometimes near freezing temperatures at night. And, and so in that same type of climate in Israel, uh, th- they would want something to keep themselves warm, and this would do it. And we saw that with jail, didn't we? We saw, the, the, I want something to sleep, and I want something to keep me warm. And so the mantle... Uh, this is awesome. It could not be taken in a lawsuit. Could not be taken in a lawsuit. You could take the oxen. You could take the, uh, the implements. Uh, you could take the house. You could take servants. But you could not take someone's mantle. It wasn't just prophets that had it. We saw that in the other listings. It wasn't just prophets that had it. It seemed like everybody had a mantle. The most prized possession could not be taken in a lawsuit. It could be borrowed, but only until late afternoon. You had to give it back. So people had their mantle at night. And why? Because the Jews believed that everybody deserved a good night's sleep. A good night's rest. If you can get rested, you can keep your strength. If you can get your rest, you can keep good health. If you can get your rest, you can have clear thought. If you can get your rest, so important. And they thought of the people of our nation, we want everyone to have a good night's sleep. So you could not take what could be not only a blanket, it could also be a pillow. It could also be an apron for carrying things. It was so versatile. And so this cloak, this mantle, there you go. You can put that back on, by the way. Was so important to the Jewish culture. The cloak was given back because Elijah still needed it. 
The transference of power had not yet happened, and he still needed it. Elijah had to have that because he wasn't leaving it. He had to sleep. He had to carry things. He needed to be signified as the prophet. And so he did not give it back. We see thirdly the mastery of the mantle. Go back to 2 Kings chapter 2. Look at verses 9 to 14. And it came to pass when they were gone over that Elijah said unto Elisha, Ask what I shall do for thee before I be taken away from thee. And Elisha said, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. And he said, Thou hast asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if thou see me when I am taken from thee, it shall be so unto thee, but if not, it shall not be so. And it came to pass, as they still went on and talked, that behold, there appeared a chariot of fire and horses of fire, and parted them both asunder. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And Elisha saw it, and he cried, My father, my father, the chariots of Israel and the horsemen thereof. And he saw him no more, and took hold of his own clothes and rent them in two pieces. And he took up also the mantle of Elijah. What? He took up the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and smote the waters and said, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? And when he also had smitten the waters, they parted hither and thither, and Elisha went over. So, the mantle, please. Elijah has the mantle. Here comes the chariot of God. He's taken up in the whirlwind. And as he's going, the mantle falls back to earth. And Elisha sees it and understands Something just happened here. I now have that mantle. And if you know the story, there was a time previous to this where Elijah said, let me show you the power. Let me show you what God has done. It's kind of like Samson's long hair. The power was not necessarily in the garment, but the representation of God. He takes the mantle. He slaps the Jordan River. And you being there, the Jordan River is not very wide in a lot of places. Unless it's the rainy season. Then it's huge. I don't know what time of season it was, but he says, I'm going to walk over on dry ground. He slaps the water. The water's part. They both walk together on dry ground. The promise was, if you see me, go. And Elijah even tested this young man a few times. He said, hey, would you run into town and get us something to eat? And Elijah said, I'm not going. Master, I've got to, I've got to say no to that because I, 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 I want to see you. I want to have that. I, I want that power. I, I want to be used of God. And so he stays with them. He sees them go. The, 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 the mantle, the cloak drops. He picks it up. He wonders, is the power of God with me? He goes to the Jordan River. He takes the mantle. He slaps the river. And what happens? It divides. And he knows the power has been transferred. I'm now the prophet. I now have the power of God upon my life. That's the merit in the mantle. Then I want to show you this last thing very quickly. I want to show you the message in the mantle. The message in the mantle. Let's go to Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6. In the Old Testament, it's called the... In the New Testament, it's called the... Very good. Cloak, you nailed it that time. Tennessee's coming back. It's close. There's a field goal between you. Hang on. Luke chapter 6. Look at verses 27. 31 says this, But I say unto you which hear, love your enemies, do good to them which hate you, bless them that curse you, and pray for them which despitefully use you. And unto him that smiteth thee on the one cheek, offer also the other. And him that taketh away thy what? Come on, say it. Taketh away thy cloak. Forbid not to take thy coat also. 
Give to every man that asketh of thee, and of him that taketh away thy goods, ask them not again. And as ye would that men should do to you, do ye also unto them likewise. Now what was Jesus referring to? Well, in the Jewish culture, that, a lot of that's probably not going to happen. He's talking about the Romans. He's talking about the Romans that were lording over them. He's talking about the political power of the day. And there was a great animosity between them. The Jews were oppressed. The Jews were being taxed to death. The Jews were being abused. And Jesus says, now listen, I'm going I'm to teach you to be different than everybody else. I'm going to separate you from the world. I'm going to separate the sheep and the goats here. When somebody abuses you, don't fight against them. Don't fight back. You receive it. In the Roman culture, if a Roman uh, needed to carry something, if a Jew was there, he could ask a Jew to carry his stuff one mile. If he refused, he could be beaten, he could be imprisoned, he could die. And, And so they would have to carry that stuff. When they got to the next mile marker, and you can still see them there in the Holy Land, those mile markers are still there. When they got to the mile marker, they could set the stuff down, and they were free to go. Jesus said, when that Roman says, hey, carry my stuff, he said, don't go just one mile, carry it another mile. Do it of your own free will. Do do it as a gesture of kindness, of love. It'll blow their minds. And it blows people's minds today when Christians do those things that people don't expect. When we're kind to people, when we love people, when we want to help people, when we we exercise our faith before people. And that's what Jesus was trying to teach. He said, when somebody comes to you and says, hey, I want your cloak. Remember what I said? You couldn't couldn't take a cloak. You you couldn't sue for a cloak. When somebody comes and says, hey, I want your cloak, give it to them. Give it to them. And don't expect it back. Give it to them. In fact, don't only do that. Give them your coat also. Give them them that lighter undergarment. Say, hey, listen, you you need that. Take this also. This will do you in the the harsh weather. This will help you in the other weather. It's going to blow their minds. And and God shows us something awesome here. It's here that we get this this awesome message. In verse 29, And him that taketh away thy cloak, forbid not that that he take his coat also. Give to every man that asketh of thee. And him that taketh away the, 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 the goods, ask him not again. Here's what Jesus was saying. Give them your cloak. There has been a transference of power. You don't need that cloak anymore. Elijah let that cloak come back because he didn't need it. He was going to heaven. He was going to live with God. He was going to have the bountiful goodness of heaven upon him. He didn't need that anymore. And he gave it to somebody who would, Elisha. And Jesus says, hey, listen, when you get saved, when you call upon me as your Savior, we saw that great testimony of that man. That man's living Christianity. He's living the truth of Christ in his life. Jesus said, when you get saved, you don't need some things anymore. You don't need your comforts. You don't need that protection. You don't need the value of that thing. You don't need that prized possession. I'm going to become your prized possession, and I'm going to take care of everything. I'll take care of your every need. Hey, listen, if I take care of the grass of the field and the birds of the sky, if I take care of those things, I'm going to take care of you too. You don't have to worry about anything. I'm going to help you. You know, in this day and age, most of us, as we get older, start thinking, man, what am I going to do in retirement? I've got to have a 401K. I've got to have some kind of retirement fund. I've got money coming in because I've got to prepare for old age. You know what we forget? We forget that Jesus takes care of us. I'm not against being a wise steward. I'm not against uh, preparing for some things for our older age. But you know what? We put a lot of stock in that. Can I tell you today one of the, the greatest hurts that I see today, Pastor? Do you want to know why we're hurting for young men in Canada and in America as well? You don't want to know why? Because our kids have become our prized possessions. 
And we've said of our kids, hey, listen, you need to be an engineer or a doctor or a lawyer. You need to be those things. And you'll make lots of money and you'll have great security and you can look after me in my old age. And, and, and you, get, you get those jobs. You don't want to be a preacher. You don't want to go to the mission field. You don't want to surrender all the good of life that you can have. You want to cling to those things. You want to have those things. And so we are short on our young people today because we're saying to them, hey, listen, we love you and we want the best for you and we don't want any hardship to come upon you. Well, listen, we had some hardship, didn't we? And we made it. Our grandparents had hardship, didn't they? And they made it. And probably better than us. We have spoiled the generation by giving them everything they want or everything they think they need. We have lessened our responsibility and need to trust in Jesus Christ, our Savior, for all that we have need of. Here's the message in the mantle. Jesus said all of those things that you're trusting in, all those things that your, your car, your home, your job, your nation, your patriotism, all those things that you're trusting in, listen, when you get the transference of Jesus Christ's power in your life, you don't need them anymore. You don't need them. You can trust me. You can come to me. And in our missions giving, as you get ready over the next few days or weeks, as you start saying, listen, what can I do for missions? What can I do for God? I wonder if there's some things in our lives that we can say, you know what? We don't need those things anymore. I don't need a brand new car every year. I don't need six televisions. I don't need a four-wheeler boat in a cottage. I don't need all that. There's some things that I could give up to further the cost of Jesus Christ so that men like this could go to another country and give the gospel to Jesus Christ, to go from South Korea to North Korea to try to reach people that will maybe never receive the gospel any other way. We can help them because we really don't need it. Hey, you know what? Not only am I going to give you my cloak, I'm going to give you my coat too. You can have this. Here's a little extra. We're going to give you a little extra love offering this morning. We're going to give you a little, little extra support this year because you have a greater need than I do. We've got everything in our nations. We've got everything we need in Canada and America. We've got health care and roadways and schools. We've got churches abundant. You drive through this area, I'm overwhelmed at the number of churches. And here our men are saying, I want to build a church in my country. I want to build, I want to build more churches in my country. I want people to have what we've got and we say this uh well you know it's a rainy day that rainy day is coming i mean you never know the stock market is not looking good it's not going to be good this year i better hang on to every bit i've got while other people are starving for the gospel and we toss it away church tonight i don't know i'm kind of busy wednesday night well it's soccer baseball no 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 Jesus is coming and people need Christ. And we have so much of the gospel. We have so many churches. We have so many Bibles. God says, give it away. Give it, take it. Take what I've got and use it. Use it in your country. You use it. Uh, tell me again, country. Ghana. Ghana. In Ghana, West Africa. Go to Ghana and tell those people about Jesus Christ. We've got it here. I, I've got Bibles to share. Buy some Bibles. Put a John of Romans in every home in Ghana. What is the day that you have that you could give away? What are you trusting in today that you're relying too much upon that God said, hey, give it away and just trust me. Watch what I'll do for you. I'll take care of you. Be wise. Be wise. Don't be foolish. But we have so much that, that we could give that others might benefit from it. Elijah said, Elisha, here it is. Here's the power. It's upon you. Jesus says, hey, Christian, here's the power. Here's, here's what you need. Jesus, let's take the mantle, that most prized possession, let's just give it away. We have a cloak of comfort that we should be giving away to those who are asking and pleading for. Support us as we desire to go to a foreign nation. Support a very special project or need. Support as we endeavor to reach a people still unreached of the gospel. The mantle has not been cast upon those who would go but have not yet been allowed. 
A mantle of our goods will be given when we finally realize Christ does and will care for us. The message of the mantle is this. Others need it far more than we do. So let them have it. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for the picture that we've seen today. And Father, I pray that we would begin in our lives to consider those things that we have that maybe we could do without so that others could do more. God, that power that we have today in the Holy Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit that lives within us today, thank you for who you are and what you do. Thank you for the power that you've given to us to be able to reach the masses in our own countries and in other parts of the world as well, but there's much more to be done. There's still many that do not have. God, I pray today that some parents would take some time and come and pray with their kids and say, hey kids, if God calls you, we support you. Oh, God, call my son in the ministry today. Call my daughter today. Oh, it'll be hard to go to a foreign place. I might not get to see them as much. I'll miss my grandkids, and I understand that. I get it. But if we don't start doing that, this world is lost. Our nations are lost to the gospel. God, I pray today that you burden us what we might do in this missions conference. That we might hear and see some things that would move us to do greater things. I pray some families would come today and say, God, I love our place here in Tennessee. I love this country that we live in. But God, I feel a burden to help someone else. I'm ready to pick up and move. And God, if you'll help us, God, if you'll provide for us, God, if you'll show us, we're willing to do that. God, help us to be mindful today that somebody came and gave us the gospel. Somebody told us, not many of us, opened a Bible and said, hey, you know what, I need to get saved. No, somebody shared with us, somebody told us, somebody came from somewhere else and said, hey, I just want to serve Christ and I want to tell you of Christ. Let that be us today.